listening to a One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast that tells the stories of craft beer in Minnesota and beyond. So kick back, relax, and grab a cold one. The show starts now. Hello, my name is Dan Bobian, and I write, produce, and host a One Pint Stand. I'm ecstatic that you are listening. This podcast has been a passion project of mine since 2016. This particular episode features my conversation with Jeremy Matheson, Operations Manager at Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative, and Vicki Epper, Taproom Hero, Beer Tender, and Spiritual Guru. I learned a lot about what a cooperative model is and how it can be a catalyst for cultivating a genuine and strong community in and around craft beer. We also talked about the upcoming grand opening of their new location and tap room, and brew house for that matter. Uh, They give the details about the upcoming grand opening of the Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative Tap Room that is happening on Friday, March 24th, starting at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. By the end of the show, I was really excited about the prospect of becoming a member. I don't know if that was their goal, but uh, they they did uh, give me a lot of information to think about. So let's head out to the new location uh, at the Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative for my interview with Jeremy Matheson and Vicki Epper. Cheers. Welcome to another on-location episode of the One Pint Stand. I'm your host, Dan Bobian. We are coming to you today from the brand spanking new brewery and tap room of Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative. And I am lucky enough to be joined by operations manager Jeremy Matheson and taproom hero slash beer tender slash beer spiritual guru Vicki Epper. Thank you so much for having me in. This is so exciting. Oh, we are so excited. We're finally here, Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we start, I was here on Tuesday night for the Industry Soft opening, and I just have to say the place looks amazing. It's, it's wonderful. You, everybody who was used to the old digs is going to have a very wow, eye-popping moment when they walk in. Um, because it is way more spacious, colorful. Um, I love that you've really leaned into the kind of like the bluish uh, teal from the from the big tower. I, I think it, when a when a place moves from an old space, when they can bring a few Easter eggs along with them, I think that's really cool. So um, I'm very excited. So we're here. It is Thursday, March sixteenth. You're doing a soft opening this weekend, but the big grand opening is... Next weekend. We are super excited. The day is almost here. Yeah. They were actually open to the public. Yes, and that will be Friday, March 24th. What time does that start? Four o'clock on Friday. And 4 then, p.m. Yep, yep. and then an, uh, noon on Saturday and noon on Sunday as well. Okay. So. Yeah, so that will be fun. So... Before we, um, what, what should people expect for the grand opening? What, what can they look forward to? 
Well, we got food trucks all weekend. Okay. Um, on Saturday, we specifically have Northeast Pretzels coming. The Corn Dog Company, which you got to know, that's going to be delicious right there. Corn dogs. Corn Amazing. dogs. And KCM Egg Rolls. Yum. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Just get yep. ready. Get ready for that. Come with an appetite. Yes. Yes. Don't eat unless you're here. Uh, we'll have exclusive merch. So if you see cool things, buy it because you won't be able to get it any other time. And then a couple of beer releases. We're going to uh, have a mango wheat release, a good old Scottish ale. Ooh, that's perfect for this time of year, mm-hmm. especially because the weather is. Yep, we'll have the really fresh awful. snow. <laughs> Down yeah. for it once again. Yeah. Uh, Typical grand opening weather. Right. And we'll have a pilsner called Down by the River. You don't need a van to drink it. Ooh. Just hang out in the you tap know, room. I'm enjoying that right now. It's what do you quite think? delicious. I I like, you know, even I'll drink pilsners any time of the year, whether there's eight feet of snow mm-hmm. or it's ninety five and humid. I, I love that style. And this is a very Easy drinking, very crisp, clean Pilsner. So I think people are going to really enjoy that one. So I feel like the Pils is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's making a resurgence. Oh, definitely. For sure. Because you did, uh, Jeremy, you do a lot of beer travel mm-hmm. out and about. You yes. do. Um, is, that, um, is that just always kind of like for pleasure or is it sometimes, all right, what, what's happening out and about what 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 ideas can we take back it's definitely always for pleasure but there's always things that come back usually it's it's coolers full of beer i'm not sure there's been a road trip i've been on that i haven't had to purchase more coolers to bring beer back but that's 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 what we sign up for yeah 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 Mm -hmm. always pleasure we always come back with good ideas and you know we have fun yeah nice all right, so let's talk. Um, for somebody who has never been to Broken Clock, give us the cliff notes of the Broken Clock origin story. Uh, well, I guess I can take this one. Yeah, can you keep it short? The, I will keep it super short. The origin story. So uh, a friend of mine and myself were working in corporate America, and we're very just disenfranchised by everything going on with the lack of uh, say that employees had. And so um, we decided that we wanted to start a business that allowed employees and the community and the customers at large to have more of a say in what happens. And so we first came up with the idea of actually doing a co-op before a brewery even came, in, came into the, the conversation. And so but what we found is we were going through this process of figuring out what business we wanted to do and throwing around a million different ideas is we always found ourselves meeting at breweries. And so we just sort of decided, hey, why not, if we're spending all our money in breweries, why not just start a co-op brewery? Right. And so that was really where the idea started. And then, um, you know, I took a, about a year hiatus to research and visit other places and find out how viable this model can be. And and somehow we're still here today. Okay. All right. Um, so before we get into the co-op idea, um, I want to back up a little bit and just think about community. I imagine that that is at the forefront of everything here. 
Um, I've witnessed that. I've been to many events here, and it, it, you, you all seem to do a great job of engaging the community around beer. Um, where, did, where did that come from? Where did that desire to be community-focused originate? Well, I think just with the co-op model, you just have so many more people involved and more ideas, and you just start to build friendships with one another. And then people, like in the beginning, we didn't even have our original site when we started as a co-op. I think we formed in 2015 as a co-op and then got a site in 2017. And so as people were hearing the two Jeremys and their idea, they got excited and became a part of it and then started telling their friends. So community has been in our DNA from the beginning. It's, I'm excited for this, let me tell my friends. They get excited and we just keep giving back to the community and helping one another out. Um, and it just, it, the bigger we get, we don't lose the community. It just gives us even more opportunities to serve the community that we're a part of. Mm -hmm. Well, and this business doesn't exist without community, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always been, if it's important enough, the community will show up and make it happen. And if not, then it doesn't. And right. that's the sole purpose. We're not, we're not here to serve the needs of one or two people. It's to serve the community mm -hmm. and, and we go as far as they take us. Yeah. yeah. And I think we saw that and like when the pandemic hit and we decided to close to protect not just our employees from this thing called COVID, but also our patrons. And so we closed the tap room before there was loans, before there were mandates, because it was the right thing to do for the community. We saw our community come out and they were buying crawlers and growlers just to support and keep us going. And now three years later, we're in this great spot. Yeah. I, I remember being, I mean, we kind of were talking about this before I pressed record, how this, you know, we're sitting here. It's the 16th of March, three years ago. Everything mm -hmm. was, we were all, you know, stocking up on soft pants and crawlers and getting ready to, I was buying board games off of Amazon. I'm like, we might be holed up for a while. We need something to do. Um, Having been through that, in 2023, is, is a brewery that can foster and be a place where community can be built more important in your viewpoint? I believe so. Um, you know, I think what we're seeing is people are starting to really appreciate the people in their lives and the experiences that they have with those people. I think when you were when we were shut down and everyone was in their homes for so long, you, you realize just how valuable your time actually is, and, and and how important those people in your life actually are. And as we're coming out of COVID, I, I if we're ever out of it, I feel like what we're seeing is is people are people are coming out for experience. They're coming out mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. for community. And they're coming out for uh, the things that you know, we probably forgot about or took it, took advantage of, took for granted before COVID because we always thought that everything would be fine and, and then it wasn't. And now yeah. we're starting to realign our priorities. And so I think, I think a brewery is a great opportunity for people to reach that community. Yeah. I think I would, you know, I, I went to the liquor store a lot during the pandemic. I went to breweries a lot during the pandemic. What I've noticed since Things have kind of opened up. I was just thinking about this the other day because Facebook reminds you of 
different hmm. things. And I, I, a picture came across my feed from a couple of years ago when I stocked up on a bunch of beers for St. Patty's Day. And I'm like, I go to breweries now. I, I, don't, I don't find myself um, gathering that much at home. And I think it is kind of like that post-pandemic thing where, like, you know, are people still comfortable <laughs> gathering indoors? But, like, I, I also think it's that community, you know, for a long amount of time, the only community we had was on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you, you, you really learn what's important when something gets taken away from you. And so I think that that um, was really important. And that, that kind of is how I became a lot more well acquainted with this place. After the pandemic, there were a lot of events that I'd come to through uh, BCC and events that you would have at your tap room. And that's really what strikes me a lot about um, your brewery is that it, it, the community seems so natural and feels, feels mm-hmm. good, feels very inclusive and accepting. And I think that's hard to do. I, I think a, a lot of people set out to do that and few get it right. Um, what, what's, 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 uh, what's something that you took away from learning about building community? That, that you're really proud of? That is a great question. Um, I'm an eighth grade English teacher. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. ask questions all the time. So, yeah. I just talk to people in my job. <laughs> um, I think we learned over the last few years in building community is we're not always going to get it right. And, and we've given ourselves permission to say, we're going to try our best, but we're going to make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes, we're going to write them and learn from them and try not to do it again. And, mm-hmm. and to really genuinely atone for them and reconcile uh, with each other or, or how it happens. And I think when you have community you got to realize no one's perfect the community itself isn't perfect but if we all just keep learning with and from one another we'll grow stronger together because i do believe that it's in our differences that bring us together and we recognize that we're all different we all have different experiences we all like different beers but yet we still want to come together and learn and and have an experience together yeah i was i was gonna say that we learned that it's not easy, mm-hmm. right? The easy, it's not easy to hear everybody out, right? Yeah. A lot of times people talk about like family and how it, difficult it can be to live with certain members of your family or have certain family members because you, you, you do truly care about them. And it's kind of the same way here in the sense of, you know, being a co-op, Everybody owns an equal share, so everybody has a voice, but sometimes it's really difficult to navigate through all of those voices and for people to understand that even though you don't agree with what might be happening, you still value the fact that they are here saying what they're saying or doing what they're doing. So that's a perfect segue into the fact that you, what, there's many things that makes uh, Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative unique. But kind of what jumps out at me is is the overall model of being a a cooperative. So what, um, why did you choose that model? Because like you said, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, if you just, you know, you're, 
you've got an owner and is like, okay, here's the beers we're going to have. Here's how this place is going to be done. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. You know, bring... and here's the money to pay for everything. <laughs> well, right, yeah, <laughs> and so so the the cooperative model it, it gives everybody a voice. Yeah, well, and that that's you just hit it right there. That's the reason. Um, it, it's we wanted to be able to deliver a business that worked for people and not the other way around, and we really felt that a cooperative model was the only way that we could actually deliver that because if we if we didn't own a business where the ownership structure was spread out amongst everybody, then we were always going to be constantly serving the needs of one or two people, mm-hmm. serving the bottom line of one or two people versus being able to serve the community, serve the employees that work for the business. Now, it's not always easy, obviously. Right. Um, but that was the whole reason why we wanted to go with a cooperative model because we felt that was the best opportunity that we had to deliver on, on that goal. Okay. So give me the nuts and bolts. What does being a cooperative mean for a brewery? And is there only like, you know, <laughs> if you go into the, the homebrew store, there's your hops, your malt, your yeast... And then your book, uh, How to Be a Cooperative uh, <laughs> Brewery, you just pick that up uh, right, next on to the the, end right next to Tasting Beer, and you're like, all right, I want to do this. Is it kind of like, here's the, here's the playbook, or are there different types of cooperatives? It was really difficult to do because, first of all, the cooperative model is very foreign to a lot of people especially here in the United States. You know, yeah. you think of co-ops and you think of, you know, a, a couple of grocery stores that you may be aware of, maybe a housing co-op. But the whole cooperative model is very confusing. And oddly enough, it's very confusing for government too. So trying to apply for business licenses was almost impossible because nobody could understand a co-op model. And, and specifically for us is, is we're a 308A. And so we have decided that no matter what, anyone that becomes a member then becomes an equal owner. And when, you, when you're trying to open a bank account or you're trying to get a business loan or you're trying to fill out a, a, a state document for license, you know, typically it, it, it's easy and they can just say, okay, who's the owner? Right. What's their mm-hmm. information? Do a background check and all that. But when you go and you say we have 1,300 plus owners... They tend to get a little nervous, and they can't really figure out, yeah, but who's, who's the owner? Hmm. Like, everyone. So how do, they, <laughs> how do they figure that out? Like, what, what's their, do you take, like, all right, um, here's five credit scores that we have for you, and this is pretty much give or take what everybody's at, or how does that work? Uh, well, we have a very, we spent a lot of money on attorneys, Mm. helping us get get to this point. But, you know, essentially, we, we're still governed by a board of directors. So if you think of like a nonprofit, for instance, that okay. has a board of directors, we're governed by that. And so we were able to allow the board of directors to sort of be the, the, the organization or the group of people that sort of heads everything. And then we found a really uh, amazing lender uh, in shared capital that is a co-op specific lender. And so that's all they do is lend to co-ops. And so they kind of understood 
we're not, you know, we, we understand the piece of collateral and all that and, and how a cooperative doesn't have that. And so it's very, very much the debt leans on your assets. So the okay. brewing equipment and things like that is where a lot of that lies. And then the rest of the money that we need to raise outside of that has to come from the community. Okay. And so we do a lot of community loans and fundraising efforts through that. Okay. How many people are on the board of directors at uh, Broken Clock? Twelve, I believe. Fifteen. Okay. okay. It's been a while since I was on the board. And it ranges between yeah. nine and fifteen. Yeah. So, are those uh, rotating positions? Are there, are there elections? How does that mm-hmm. process work? How do if I if um, let's say tomorrow I wanted to become a member and then I really got into it? I'm like, oh, I think I've got some good ideas. How do I? I'd like to become a board member. How does that work? Well, we hold elections um, every year. We generally, in our calendar, it's around December. We'll, we'll have elections amongst all our members for about a month. And uh, anyone that's a member is welcome to apply for the board positions. Generally, there's about three to four positions open every year that people can run for. And whether you joined in the last year or you were here in 2017 or beyond, you know, you have every right to run for the board. And then this, whoever wants to be a part of the board just fills out some questions as so the members can get to know them as a person, get to know their background, their experience, what they would like to help work on and focus, with the um, talents they're bringing to the board and and so the members select they vote on who gets to the board and then the board meets about once a month and and conversations throughout the the rest of the month as issues come up or questions arise uh they have uh channels that they can continue conversations and discussions so that's fascinating to me i mean it, it 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 seems like it's a really good idea why uh in your opinion, why aren't there more? I, I maybe we're. Um, I don't know. I know there's Broken Clock and Fair State. I don't know of any other. Actually, isn't there a cooperative brewery down in Owatonna? Is Foremost cooperative? Foremost, yeah. Okay, so we've got three in Minnesota that I know of. Is this? Um, how many? Do you know how many other cooperative breweries there are in the U.S.? fluctuates a lot, mm-hmm. but there's probably around a dozen, okay. I'd say, currently. Interesting. So why do you think there aren't more? Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think... I think the, the investment just to open a business, let alone a brewery. Yeah, it, it's just the money you got to raise to get the equipment, get the space, get everything up. Um, you just To have a co-op, you got to be creative. In, in that fundraising and the mm-hmm. loans that you get. Whereas if you just have three to five owners, they can pool their money together and, and, and get things going. So well, sure. you, you also have to give a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And expect nothing in return. And that's what a lot of it comes down to, right? We give so many hours and dollars and all of these resources that it takes. And oftentimes there isn't that same financial return that most people expect. So sure. So that's why you see a lot of difficulty in people starting co-ops because it, it takes a ton of resources and it takes a lot of people that are able to sort of almost take their ego and set it mm-hmm. aside and, and say, how can, how can I help for the betterment of the community that 
is going to require me to make some sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the end of the day, nobody, I don't, nobody ever started a co-op to become rich because it's impossible. And if you, right. if you did, yeah. you should probably have your own podcast. Find something else right now. <laughs> if, if that were the case, there would be a book at the homebrew right. shop. Exactly. Like how to, mm-hmm. how to get rich doing a, doing a brewery co-op. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I mean, I, I love the, I love the idea behind it, and I and I'm a big proponent of giving everyone a voice, not just the people who have like all the resources. So, I think that's really cool. In the times that I have been in the tap room, I always see a lot of regulars. So that has to be fun. Um, you know, when you, I know you got you all do uh, member Mondays. Yep. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of regulars who come through. Um, I was happy to see the the pinballs. The pinball games are are here. You brought that brought that over a couple times when we had uh, at least one time we had a, a brewing change collaborative meeting there, and it was on pinball night, and there were a lot of pinballers, and that's really cool. So I have to imagine. I mean, if Brewery X is doing their job, they're going to have a regular following. But I would imagine that that's one of the um, added bonuses of being member run is that not only is this a place to go for a good beer, if, if I own part of something, I want to be there and feel at home there. Do you, do you notice a lot of that? Of the 13 and, and growing members, is it like... You get a lot of, like, how often does the average... Because I was talking to Tom the other day. I'm like, huh, now that this is, like, a lot easier to... to it's, it's on my, like, direct route home. I'm like, maybe I need to become a member now. Because, yes, you do. You know, um, <laughs> there's a lot of great perks. Um, but, like, I love being part of a community. Um, the school where I work, we're transitioning into a community school. So we have a clinic in our school. We have a food shelf in our Ooh. school, and we're serving the community. And so I've always loved that idea of people coming together around a common thing or around mm-hmm. a, a, a similar interest. So tell me about what are some, what are some cool, um, memorable things uh, that have kind of organically sprouted up uh, through the membership over the years? Oh, I got a good one. Um, just over a month ago. So I am a pastor in, as I like to say, my grown-up job. Um, and about a month ago, I did a wedding for a couple that pretty much met here because of Broken Clock. And, and it was, um, we decided it was the first Broken Clock marriage uh, because they truly, they were... They met through friends that were members here, and then they each kind of became members separately. And, and, and that was fun to see, not just them meeting and starting to date, and now they're married, and I'm so happy for them. That's awesome. But it's like this whole new family has started because of this co-op brewery. Yeah. And you see, I love seeing kids that were literally babies are now like in school running around this tap room, and they don't know any different. To them, this is the beer store or Broken Clock, and yeah. this is a hangout to them as well. And, and that's what I love of community 
is everyone's welcome. Kids feel safe here. They'll run around and they know that there's like 20 other people in the tap room looking out for their kid as well. And, and they feel safe here. That has to be incredibly gratifying. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, like I mentioned earlier, community just doesn't happen because you want it to. Like it just has to happen organically. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really, that's very interesting. Hey, Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying a one-pint stand. My aim is to help spread the word about craft beer. Enjoying craft beer is a passion of mine, and I love chatting about it with other people. A one-pint stand has a goal of helping breweries tell their stories. I love to get out in and beyond Minnesota to visit breweries, beer bars, and meet other interesting beer people. If you're also into those things, you probably want to keep tabs on the show. So go ahead and follow A One Pint Stand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We would also appreciate any and all positive reviews on iTunes to help move us up the queue so more people can find us. If you like reading about craft beer, I started my own craft beer blog, and all my writing can be found at aonepintstand.com. After writing for eight years as editor-in-chief at Beer Ploma, it was time for me to start my own blog. So make sure you check out the blog for some interesting craft beer content of the written variety. I truly appreciate you listening and taking time to enjoy our stories. Now, back to the show. So we're, we're sitting in your event space. Um, it's, it's very swanky. Uh, you know, some, some breweries have an event space and really it's just like someone took a dust buster to one of the rooms where they piled some barrels in the corner and strung some Christmas lights. You've got really nice, really nice tables and chairs. There's like light fixtures on each table. There's a cool wall of records. The bar is just like this kind of almost like dark chocolate wood, um, smooth, cool light fixtures this is this is fancy this is very nice but cozy um, too yeah cozy yeah. so you know from the old place which which i call kind of like the the northeast brewery incubator um the other the other night when i was here we were joking around and because northgate started there mm-hmm. they outgrew that then 56 went started they outgrew that then you all came in and somebody's like, well, now it just, it'd be really cool if Northgate started up again there. And I'm like, yes, because Redheaded Piper was so good. Oh, yes. Um, so what brought us here? When did you realize, uh, did it come up in a member meeting or um, when did you realize, like, we need to find a larger space or we just need a different space? What, what, what was that, um, what was the impetus for, for looking at an expansion Yep. So for us, it came, you know, we were at a point, you know, that, that space is the smallest brew house in Northeast Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. Right. It is so that's, tiny. That's always it like is the tiny. And it's, it's very like the first time I, I, I Tom uh, had me come over one time and he showed me the brew house. I'm like, this, this is, is it? <laughs> interesting. Wow. Is How do you like, pump up all the beer? Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, that was the problem, right? So, we got to a point like previous breweries had gotten to in that spot where you have to make a decision. And that decision is you either grow 
and expand, or you shrink and become a just a real taproom only model. Right. And for us, you know, we had already been distributing since the beginning, and so for me, it was a really easy decision because shrinking meant that we would have to let go of staff, mm. which is always an option. And and some people probably would have said that was the better way to go, right? Um, but for us, it wasn't really a decision. We knew we needed to grow. We needed to get bigger. Um, we wanted to put our beer in 16-ounce cans because prior to that, we couldn't. Yeah. Um, and so that was really why we decided to take that step. Okay. And so you decide, all right, we need to expand, that we, we have uh, more options now for our packaged product than we did before. How did you decide on this particular place? Uh, we're off of um, Marshall Avenue, just not too far from Broadway. Mm-hmm. A little bit is, are we, we're west of Broadway, correct? Yeah, or we're south? basically just north of Broadway. Okay. Between Broadway and Lowry. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. So what was it? What was it about this site? Were there other sites you were looking at? How did you uh, decide on this place? So originally we were going to stay in our old space and take the neighboring suite and expand oh, okay. into that. Um, somehow we got extremely lucky in the sense that it didn't happen because then after that the building was sold and had we started building we would have been in a lot of trouble so we got really lucky Uh, so Mm -hmm. uh we ended up not being able to expand there and so we we cast a pretty large net but we wanted to stay in minneapolis that was the only factor that that was non-negotiable is we we must stay in in minneapolis and specifically we wanted to stay in northeast Uh, we looked at a couple of places outside of northeast because real estate was pretty tight especially when you're trying to do a a brewery build out Mm -hmm. and so uh, it was just very coincidental. This this building had actually been on the market for a long time. Really? And Yeah, and it was... The reason why nothing had happened to it was because it was under contract to be purchased by someone else. And it just so happened to have fallen through shortly before we saw it. And so uh, we, we got extremely lucky in the sense of the timing was perfect. Okay. Um, but before we closed on this place there was at least one other distillery that looked at it and okay closed on it so it, it was honestly it was luck i mean mm-hmm. we had driven by this place for three years and i'd always said you know when the real estate sign was out there i was like man that would be a great spot for a brewery you can sit right on the river imagine having a river deck and you know drinking a beer on the mississippi and we're not far from our, our first location yeah. either. And and so we didn't want to have to move too far if we didn't have to. Okay. And so when this space, I was on the board at the time, and, and so when they brought in and said, there's this space at 1712 Marshall, we think this is it. And we're like, this is perfect. It just, it all the stars aligned. That floors me that this was, this was like empty. It's such a great location. Mm-hmm. There's condos going up everywhere. The... The close proximity to what I call like the epicenter of the Northeast beer scene is dangerous, man, mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hop, skip, and a jump right. from there. Um, you're not too far from like the North Loop, which is really booming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say <laughs> I'm glad you didn't <laughs> just <laughs> knock on a wall and then <laughs> at the old place. So, yeah, this is cool. Um, so, let's talk specifics. I mean, when people come here, 
they're going to notice right away. It's way more spacious. I feel like it is really cozy. I love all the furniture. It's very colorful. It just seems very homey without feeling cramped. Mm-hmm. Um, was that by design or um, kind of what, what do you think? So before your maximum capacity was like 120 something, 140 something in the 159. Tap room? 159. Yeah, okay. Very, yeah. yeah. Um, what, it, it seems like there's a lot more here. What's the, how many people, how many people can we pack in on the grand opening? 340. Three, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you have more than doubled your mm-hmm. space. Um, if we weren't for a few regulations, we'd have even more space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll talk. You know, is, is, is the city of Minneapolis not easy to work with? Or what is the, what is the hang-up about that? Because I know there's like, there's like, yeah, there's a front of the building. Because actually, the other night when I parked, I'm like, wait a minute, Where, where's, the, where's the stuff? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's in the back of the building. Okay. Um, do you think that's something that will eventually be a possibility? Okay. It's definitely something where we are working on getting amended. Okay. Um, it just takes, the city, the city wants their money, right? So you got sure. to hire an architect again to come back uh, and redraw things and resubmit and do this and that. Okay. And hopefully we can get it amended and, Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, anyhow, as it stands, there's, there's way more space than before. Um, and maybe it just seems to me that it, um, I don't know if it's just the layout is different, but um, I think that it, it's just, there's way more room to spread out. How is that going to, um, how will the bigger space allow you to enhance the taproom experience for people coming into Broken Clock? I think there was so much thought that went into this design in the taproom, and there were things for us that were kind of non-negotiables, like the pinball machines. People love them of all ages, and, and so like, how do we work in the pinball machine, have a stage, and it gives us space for each, so you can be playing pinball, but yet someone on the other side of the tap room can be having a conversation and feel that they don't have to yell over the pinball. And, and, but also, since it's even bigger, it doesn't, you don't feel lost in it. It's, we have these vignettes where you can sit in twos or fours or sixes, however. I really and, like that. Yeah, and, and, and feel like you're having a more private type of conversation, but yet still feel part of the community. Mm-hmm. Like you're not isolated, but yet you can, you have a little more privacy. I love, you know, we rethought, we had a play area for kids in the first space, and then we reimagined it. And now there's a cozy area for the kids to sit and relax and have a spot that's designed with furniture just for them. So I think it's just having sections for that coziness, but yet if we're gonna have a huge party or maybe a really large wedding rents out the space, we can clear all that out and have it still be open for that specific event. So if, let's say, I wanna have a little shindig, how how does one go about renting out the event space? Reach out through the website. We have uh, Sam, who is our events coordinator. 
uh, handles all of the event rentals, either in the event space here or in the tap room in general, or both, depending on the size of your party. Um, and we can get pricing and all that stuff to anyone that needs it. Okay, yeah. interesting. Because this is this is a really nice space. Now, you mentioned earlier the couple that got married. Mm-hmm. Do you think they might do a re- vow renewal sometime soon so they can have it at the new at the new uh, the new place? Uh, I'll work on that. Okay. All right. First anniversary. Have it here. Yeah. So I want to talk uh, about um, will. So, and maybe this is a maybe this is too nerdy uh, brewery question, but um, your old system was a smaller system. It seems by far. Is this a fifteen barrel brew house? Yep. Okay. Um, and I noticed you had way more tanks and they were way larger. Yes. Um, so what is that going to mean for production? Uh, more beer, thankfully. Uh, we went from a five-barrel system with 10-barrel fermenters to a 15-barrel system with 15-barrel fermenters and then a 30. we also added a 30-barrel fermenter. So some of our bigger beers we can double batch and, okay. and do all that. So the, the good thing is uh, you'll be brewing in half the time because mm. you won't have to do yeah. two different two different batches, which is really nice uh, on the staff. Um, but it means more ability to put beer in in packaging that we want. You know, it, it takes a lot of resources in order to put beer into 12 and 16 ounce cans. And if you're doing it on such a small scale that we would have been doing, it, it's just not cost effective. It's it's really difficult to make money selling cans of beers to liquor stores. And yeah. so this system allows us to be able to do that and actually still make, make some money. And so uh, we anticipate it allows us to really expand our wholesale market, but also really allows the tap room to grow and not run out of beer. You know, we had issues a lot in the summertime at our old space where we would run out of our most popular beers in the middle of summer. And that, just because we simply can't make it fast enough before it, it runs out. So... What are the most popular beers uh, at Broken Clock? Red Coats uh, is the most popular beer. I believe Hoppy Pastor is the second most popular beer, but I am slightly biased on that one. I mean, I've had both, and they're both delicious, so (laughs) I'm not going to say you're wrong on that one. Hoppy Pastor is Vicky's employee beer. It is. Yes, that's right. So no bias. None whatsoever. So I'm drinking the... Down by the River, right? Down by the River. Yeah. Um, will there be, will there ever be a time when there will be a seating like patio down by the river? That is the plan. So first I want to just rewind a little bit to community. And now that you mentioned down by the river, so down by the river is going to be our new house Pilsner. Okay. And it will be that, that standard $5 beer when you walk in that you can get. Nice. And we donate a dollar from every pint that we sell back to the Sheridan neighborhood. Mm. So um, not only do you get a, a, a great beer for a great price, but we're giving a dollar back to the neighborhood. So we encourage everybody to compound some Pilsners mm-hmm. with us. Uh, but Challenge accepted. <laughs> but I fast will, forwarding to your I actual question. start tonight. <laughs> yeah. And but work to out your, tomorrow. Yeah. To your actual question, yes, we... Uh, you know, we, we had actually hoped to have this place open last fall, um, which would have given us the opportunity this spring to really focus on building a deck on the river um, and, and 
boat landing and all that fun stuff and working with the watershed district to get a grant to clean up the the space leading up to the river um but with the the massive delays that we've had and massive uh, increases in expenses mm. for the construction side of it. It's probably not going to happen till next summer. Okay. If, if I'm being realistic, um, but it is, you know, when we looked at this mm-hmm. space, that was the one thing that first came pointed out to us. We said, we're literally sitting right on the river. Why would we not put a deck on this river where people can just sit out and drink a beer on the Mississippi River. Yeah. How cool is that? I'm really tempted to canoe down from my house at Coon Rapids and then just canoe all the way down here to Broken Clock, just tie in, work a few, and then probably get a ride back, actually, yeah, let's be say, honest. Yeah. <laughs> be <That's> realistic one, <laughs> there, but... That's one of the tricky things, you know. You. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always forget that when I'm on my bike. I was like, oh, yeah, a bike there. Have a few... Oh, now i got a bike back. Oh, mm-hmm. geez, Louise. <laughs> so maybe we need to offer canoe storage or... <clears throat> paddleboard storage or something yeah or like drive you back to your car yeah, yeah. shuttle we'll yeah. work on that business model yeah that's cool now am i am i uh i might be off here but uh it seems like you have way more tap handles at this location too is that going to mean a uh a more extensive tap list uh, for the beers that you sell in in the in the tap room as well it's possible um you know we, we've we've got 20 tap lines and honestly, I, it, the, the community is going to be the one that dictates mm-hmm. if, we've had, if we have 20 beers on tap or we just have 10 beers on tap. You know, I think our big thing is we want to make sure we brew something for everyone. So mm-hmm. we try to hit all of those key categories. So anyone that comes in has a beer that they can enjoy yeah. or, or not beer or something seltzer or something like that. Um, and, you know, I think we just kind of go from there, right? Okay. Let's just mm-hmm. provide something for everybody. And if people want more and we've got the ability to do more, then we will. If our staples continue to fly through the door and we can't keep up and have to do something a little more scaled down, we can do that too. But I, When you said that this Pilsner is going to be a house beer, that was music to my ears because I really like that one. Um, and you had a couple of really good loggers last summer too. And then one time, I think that it must have been one of those that like people just consumed really fast. And it was like, I'm like, oh, where did that go? Um, what? Uh, so you've got the grand opening coming up on the 24th. Are there any other events coming up that you're really excited about that you wanted to talk about? Well, we got this weekend, we're open to the public tomorrow for St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day. All weekend, um, so people can come check it out. You don't have to be a member to come see it. And uh, but the big party is going to be the the twenty fourth weekend. So. Okay, cool, cool. And then a lot of our usual yeah events that we've always done. You know, being in Northeast Minneapolis, Arterworld is always a, a big event for us. It's mm. it celebrates our anniversary of opening our doors originally, so they kind of coincide together. And you know, we it, it's about getting back to the community events. So those are the events that we're excited for, you know, Juneteenth mm-hmm. and uh, Labor Day, all those, you know, Clocktoberfest and, and those types of events. Uh, we started two years ago, we started Volstead Days, which is a two-day event where we, uh, we I don't know if you're familiar with the Volstead Act that, that started Prohibition. And, right, yeah. But uh, so 
Volstead is actually from here. He's, he's from Granite Falls, Minnesota. Right. He's the reason we have prohibition, but he's also the reason we have co-ops. Because he also okay. started the co-op law that allowed farmers to essentially uh, purchase product together as a cooperative. And so he's responsible okay. for that, too. And so we do a two-day festival in which... Uh, usually Friday night, we, we do a speakeasy theme and we sort of black out all the windows and, and do a whole, uh, you know, sort of morning and we do a, a speakeasy style brewery. And then the next day is just a huge cooperative celebration where we invite other co-ops to come out and set up booths and oh, fun. talk about stuff. When so, is that usually? Uh, we usually do that in October. Okay. kind of depends each year. It's, it's had to change because we've been going through construction and all these different things. So we took a hiatus last year while we were trying to figure out where our home was going to be. But Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's exciting. So the last question I have, and maybe this is, uh, maybe this is, this is maybe the most exciting. You know, if somebody's listening and they become really inspired about hearing the story, maybe they haven't been here, or maybe they've been here and they're like me, and like now suddenly this is like way more of a, I don't know why, uh, like it wasn't that much further the other place, but it was like added on five minutes because you're winding through. It just wasn't a direct way. But like when I came here, the other I'm like, oh yeah, this is like going to dangerous, man. So someone like me, who's now very intrigued at the possibility of becoming a member and you know partaking in the member Mondays and getting all the wonderful benefits of being part of the co-op. How does one become a member? And and what are the what are the perks? Uh, it's really simple to become a member. You can fill out the, um, just tell us about yourself, just kind of your address, phone number, ways we can get in touch with you. You can either do that. We have pamphlets here at the tap room that you can complete, or you can go to our website and, and enroll that way to become a member. And to be a single regular member, it's $200. It's a one-time fee. Okay. It's not an annual fee. Oh, okay. That's so good you, to know. So you pay it once and you're a member for life. Um, just to clarify that, uh, if you and your wife both want to join, it'll then be three hundred dollars for both of you. Okay, all right. Um, we also have brewer memberships as well, um, so those run four hundred, three fifty, three fifty, um, and then four fifty for a joint, five hundred for a joint. See. I've been out. Um, so, and brewer membership is you kind of help with brewing and, and just there's other brewer members that you can meet with and share recipes, kind of nerd out a little bit more okay. on that. But most of our members are just a regular member, you know, at that 200, 300 level. You get a T-shirt that says oh. member owner on it. Okay. And, and then you can walk around and be like, I own part of a brewery. They don't have to know there's over 1,300 members yeah, with nice. you or owners, but... But you do own part of a brewery. Yeah. Uh, you do get discounts uh, on beer as well as merchandise. Okay. And Mondays, it's member Mondays, so you get kind of throwback pricing on Mondays, and you get to hang out with me Yeah, as I mean, well. that's the so, real, that'd be yeah. the real perk, and I would Dan, imagine. And Dan, I mean, with the house Pilsner and close to home, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a member yeah. at this point. I mean, so, yeah. it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to... How to how to start laying the groundwork for that? You know, mm-hmm. with the uh, my wife always they already thinks I spend a lot of money on beer stuff, so she's I gotta. But I, but you know, it's a one time fee. That's like mm-hmm. you know, it, it you pay for it over time. You save it's, with it's, with the perks. You yep. get a you get a free pint a week as well when you become a member. Boom. See there you go. Right yeah. there, right there. there like you go. within. Um, but I, the, I let me try English again. But. Uh, <laughs> 
the, for me, the, the biggest perk is you become part of what we like to say a community, this community here. And you, you meet some of your newest best friends and people to hang out that look out for you. Uh, I've been beer tending here since the beginning with our previous tap room, and I have regulars, and I have trained all of them, and they will, they will back me up on this, that if they miss a couple of weeks in a row, they tell me if they're not going to be there because we want to see you, yeah. and, and I want to make sure that you're doing okay. And, and it's, that's not just me. That's all the beer tenders. That's, that's all the staff. That's, that's the other regulars. And it kind of is our own little cheers atmosphere. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, hey, Norm, kind of moment. I so. like that idea. Well, that's great. Well, again, we're recording this episode of A One Pint Stand at the um, new location for Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative. Again, their grand opening is Friday, March 24th, starting at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. There'll be food trucks, uh, unique merch that you won't be able to get any other time of the year, several new beer releases, and 300-some people will be here having a great time. So, um, Jeremy and Vicky, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're very busy uh, with, with the opening. Um, I was really happy to come in and chat with you all. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Cheers. And with that, we are at the close of another episode of A One Pint Stand. I think it was Groucho Marx who said, I refuse to join any club that would consider having me as a member. Well, Broken Clock Brewing Cooperative sounds like an amazing thing to be a part of. And I hope you will all consider popping over there to help them celebrate the grand opening of their new taproom and brewery on Friday, March 24th at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. I had an absolute blast chatting with Jeremy and Vicky. The Down by the River Pilsner is quite tasty, and I'm very excited to get my membership going. I appreciate you taking the time to put us in your ears. If you really enjoyed the show, tell your friends. Uh, if you really didn't en- enjoy the show, tell 50 of your enemies. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, you know, follow us along on social media. We uh, would love a positive review on iTunes to help move us up in the queue so other people can uh, find us. So uh, until next time, this has been another episode of A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast where the pants stay on, but the caps come off. Cheers. Yeah, no, yours is working. I'm not going to touch him. I'm like, damn, this is off. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, that's how I know it.